Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Yeah, that was the that was the sound of air deflating from every Oilers fan. Yeah. <laughs> the Seattle Kraken have signed Adam Larson, Bruce, and I. Uh, it's one of those. There's been about, I don't know. 10, 20 really terrible days for Oiler fans in terms of players' transactions. And for me, at least, I'm not speaking, I'm sure I'm not speaking for all fans, but for me, this is one of them. This has the same feeling I've had on those other days when we've lost really uh, players that I really cherished on the Oilers. You know, terrible day when Pronger left. Terrible day for many when Taylor Hall left. Not, I was, I was more philosophical that day obviously a terrible day when Gretzky left and it just brings back those kind of horrible feelings for me at least of of hopelessness as an Oilers fan if I'm completely honest this is a it was a it's a gut punch to the franchise uh you know a month ago Bruce we were hearing that the Oilers were 85 to 90 percent certain of signing Adam Larson um seemed like in the bag Something happened in between that and now. The main thing, obviously, in terms of the orders, is they traded for Duncan Keith. I don't know if this is related to that. They had to protect Duncan Keith, which probably precluded them then signing Larson so they could protect him. Bruce, it's it's a gut punch, and it's hard for me to see it anything else as a, but a massive screw up on the part of Oilers management as well. Um, he signed for four years for four million dollars, which is yeah. the same kind of. It seems like. Some team showed him some love, and another team maybe didn't quite get that done. I mean, there could be other reasons, you know. You just the, the 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 thought of Seattle living in Seattle as opposed to Edmonton, the the challenge of going to play for a sparkling new expansion team as opposed to staying in Edmonton. Although the Oilers have a pretty good team as well. Your thoughts, Bruce? Yeah. Morning, David. Uh, it was the uh, yeah. The Oilers have less of a pretty good team now than they had 24 or 72 hours ago. Uh, in my view, they they have lost a guy that filled a role that's not going to be easily filled in his absence. Uh, goodness knows the club paid a high enough price to bring this guy on when they desperately needed a. A qualified right shot defenseman and he played out the five years remaining on his contract and here we are five years uh, later ruining the day that he's uh, uh, moved on and left a similar hole on the on the uh, on the back end there's uh, 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 there's immediate talk of course that uh, the orders are going to move on and now pursue plan B, or as I call it, plan BBB, of signing uh, uh, Tyson Berry uh, and and topping up a right side that includes Evan Bouchard and uh, Ethan Bear. And it's not ideal in the sense that uh, there's too many similarities and not enough... uh, you know, there's not enough D in that, and all those Bs, right? <laughs> and I, I wrote at some length about this last night on a post that's, uh, well, not entirely obsolete, but certainly I could change the headline right now uh, about uh, 
you know, Larson's impact on the Oilers and why he was a, a preferable uh, keep to Barry because they've got um, uh, they've got now sort of two, assuming they do sign Barry, which is a big assumption, and he's now got the, all the all the chips in his corner in terms of negotiating power. The Oilers want to keep him, and Barry's asking for term and dollars. Well, uh, uh, anyway, it's uh, uh, it's God. it's it's a uh, um, it's a gut punch. I mean, Larson was part of the Oilers' core leadership group. It looked like he was fully embedded on the team, and yet, you know, when he, when the Seattle option was out there, uh, which Seattle had exclusive negotiating windows with uh, UFAs for this past three days, and I thought he's going to go there and he might get a sweeter offer and he come back to Edmonton and they might have to top theirs up or something. I didn't think he would sign like. Uh, during the window, and I certainly didn't think he would sign for as little as four times four million dollars. If the Oilers aren't competitive with that, there's something wrong. Uh, granted, four million dollars in tax-free Washington is a little bit different than four million in in uh, Alberta and Canada. But holy moly, David, it's uh, uh, <clears throat> it does raise questions about uh, uh, the priorities of Oilers management that uh, they went out and. Uh, traded for and protected Duncan Keith and tried to finesse Adam Larson through this expansion pro, uh, process and failed to do so. And they wind up with a, you know, a, um, an older um, defense corps that's more expensive and has, uh, you know, um, uh, to me, more vulnerabilities like Lar- Larson filled uh, a spot that was pretty important to Edmonton and not sure who they got internally that's going to do that. If I said it once, Bruce, I said it a million times. If the Oilers lose Adam Larson, they will be looking for a player just like him for years to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll stick to that. Uh, I just think, you know, when you look at internal options, mm-hmm. Dmitry Samarukov, uh was a left shot demon who played on the right side for Seska in Moscow. Did a really good job in the KHL as a shutdown demon, but he's a couple years away, I think, from being a realistic um, player in terms of filling in for Larson in that same role. I think he could one day do it. I think it's a possibility. He's big. He's fast. So he's got, you know, but he's like, it's like all younger players. There's just, it's just a chance. It's not until you actually see it happening right. in the NHL. It, it it's it's more of a it's it's a good it's a good bet you know in terms of um, if you're looking to you know sign Adam Larson and then work someone in towards the end of his contract Sam Rukov would have been the guy right. but to to count on him for next year I think the Boilers' best bet is not to sign Tyson Berry but to oh, fuck. so all these people <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All these people who think Ethan Barry word on everybody's lips this morning. All these people, all <laughs> these people who who think Tyson Barry's going to fill in, or excuse me, Ethan Bear is actually like. There's some Oiler fans who you know the on ice analytics shot metrics crowd who really think Ethan Bear is a, a really strong defenseman right now, mm-hmm. and can be a number one, a top four D man with the Oilers. Well, he, I hope they're right because no. the Oilers are now counting on Ethan Bear as your top pairing guy. Now, if you go with Ethan Bear and Evan Bouchard on your second pairing, 
And then you bring in a, a veteran, like your, you know, Travis Hamanick, like your best kind of replacement for Adam, similar to Adam Larson, but not Adam Larson as your third pairing guy, as your physical. So you, you kind of, you don't lose that physical player presence on the right side. You bring in that guy uh, and you, and you move on from Tyson Berry. That's probably the best bet in terms of like having that kind of player to throw out there in certain situations, even if he's not as good as Adam Larson, maybe that's the plan, Bruce, but then you're counting on Ethan Bear and Evan Bouchard in your top four, which, which is a, which strikes me as like, wow. Like I, I don't have that kind of faith in Ethan Bear. I think there's a chance he can be a top four demon. I think Evan Bouchard will be a top four demon, but it would have been nice to work him into that role rather than throw him into that role. Bears, Bears got uh, got good results with uh, with McDavid over his career, uh, and play plays well on that unit according to uh, um, uh, results when they're out there together. Uh, but last year he was, you know, Barry took over on the top pairing, and they did the five man unit with uh, with McDavid and. Uh, Pull the RV and sometimes Drysaddle and sometimes Nugent Hopkins. Uh, if they sign Barry, they'll probably go back to that as their plan A. But who's going to shut down uh, the other team? You know, who 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 they put out there with a one goal lead in the last two minutes of the third period? Uh, you know, there's a gaping hole. I mean, you mentioned Hamannick. There's a guy out there like Justin Braun, for instance. You know, experienced right shot defensive defenseman, but they'd have to trade for him. There are, you know, there are guys out there. Radko Gudas is such a player. Um, or you can move a lefty in there, but you got to find the right lefty. Uh, I'm in agreement with you that Dmitry Samarukov, as promising as he is, has zero NHL games played. Uh, you know, I mean, when Adam Larson came to Edmonton, he had four NHL seasons under his belt, and he was still growing into a into a role. You know, I mean, it's just not something that you can realistically put on a rookie, nor is it something you can realistically put on a 38-year-old uh, who the vision was um, when the Oilers acquired Duncan Keith and uh, went the the uh, expose Larson against Seattle. Route. And maybe they couldn't have signed him anyway. Like this might be a, beside the point to a degree, but uh, the idea was they were going to put Keith with Larson, and it seemed like you know if if you were going to find a good pairing for Keith, that was probably going to be it. Well, now who do you put him with? And you know anyway, it's uh, uh, it's a disquieting morning to say the least on a number of levels, frankly. Bruce, let's go through the comments. Uh, mm-hmm. that we've been reading on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And um, let's start with uh, the Oilers insider, Bob Stoffer. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good place to start here because, uh, you know, Bob works for the team. He's also uh, got his own voice uh, on Oilers now, obviously. And right. he says this, quote, Adam Larson held the cards as a UFA. He played hard for Edmonton and chose a different option. My belief is the players drafted and developed by an organization often have the greatest tie into the club. One day soon, Evan Bouchard will be part of the Oilers' core. So this is, um, you know, I took this as, you know, Bob Sally, you know, 
trying to put right. some lipstick on this pig and selling hope. This is what mm-hmm. you do typically when when you lose a veteran player. A really, you know, a key player, veteran player is you sell hope for the future. And, um, you know, I have a lot to hope about Evan Bouchard, too. But uh, <laughs> go ahead. Here's my pushback against that uh, comment. And, uh, you know, where Bob says, and I, I agree with him 100%, my belief is players draft and developed by an organization often have the greatest tie-in to the club. And my immediate response from reading that was, like, Taylor Hall? Mm-hmm. Because there was a guy who grew up in Oilers, didn't want to leave town. They traded him for for Adam Larson. I mean, and and I mean the trade. We've been to hell and back discussing that trade in Oil Augusphere. Um, but the point is that it's it was one of many, 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 many deals over the years where the Oilers had a guy that they developed within their organization to a certain point and they just gave up on him because they saw greener grass somewhere else and moved on. I mean, uh, this summer we finally have the, the, the shining exception to the rule with the uh, re-signing of Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who's actually going to play as an oiler into his 30s. But uh, I don't know how many times I've written a post saying they've got to grow and develop players within the organization. And through a series of general managers, the Oilers have failed to do that. The guys that they've grown and developed within their organization are are mostly first-round draft choices, mostly top-ten draft choices, in many cases, first-overall draft choices. And they had... They had six, seven years here, and they were gone, traded out of the organization, 25, 26 years old, time and time and time again. And so, I mean, to Bob's point, I think he's right, but I just don't see where the where the organization actually believes in that credo of sticking with the guys with, the, you know, the... the uh, Oilers logo tattooed on their heart or their butt or whatever body part that people say when they talk about somebody, you know, a tried and true veteran of the team. And it's, you know, it stands in stark contract to uh, uh, many successful teams where you find not only just the top guys on the team, but you'll find third and fourth liners and and second and third pairing guys and tweeners and stuff that have just you know been with the team for many years and and uh, uh, it's a it's a uh, fail by the organization on that front. Uh, as for the rest of the, what Bob says about Evan Bouchard, well, sure, uh, hopefully he'll be part of the core. Hopefully they won't be giving up on him when he's 25 years old. Uh, I do agree with his second part of its, his tweet. It'll be difficult to replace Larson, who is unequivocally a top four shutdown right D. There's a few righties that fit the mode of a version of Larson, who many would see as third pairing right D, who have size and could stop cycles. I guess we'll see. So, yeah, that's that's Bob telling the truth there. Like mm-hmm. you know, uh, well said, Bob. That's exactly right. Um, I guess you know. I've been trying to think of consoling statements for oil, oil consoling statements and thoughts on mm-hmm. this morning. Like, you know, the, the Islanders lost John Tavares right. and uh, kept on ticking. You know, if you were to, you know, Adam Larson is, he's, he's 29 next year. He's got a bad back. 
there's there was a chance that you know he, he had two years with Edmonton that were poor, so there's a chance that it, this won't work out with you know if his injury flares up again. But uh, you know obviously uh, there's a there's a better I I just think there's a much better chance that Seattle has got a really good player here. All right, let's look at some of the other comments here, Bruce. Um, TSN's Ryan Rashog. Oilers had multiple offers on the table for Larson, including a four and five year term. Sense is this wasn't a decision made based on the Oilers being outbid. Likely Larson deciding on a change of scenery. Well, the change of scenery, there's, there's one thing that happened during Larson's day here, which can't be undone. And that was in 2018, I think, winter of 2017-18, when his dad came to Edmonton to spend some time with Adam. And while he was here, he had a heart attack and died. And uh, 50 years old. And I can only imagine, because my, my dad lived to a ripe old age, but I can only imagine the devastating impact that that would have uh, on him and uh, maybe the chance to turn the page they showed him Seattle and the Space Needle you know and the, all the water Jimi Hendrix he, Experience Museum <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and he went you know what I'm ready for something different and yeah. where do I sign because I mean the money that he signed for was not out of line with everything that was being talked about here was it I mean four times four like they, <sighs> if they, they'd sign for five times five you'd at least be saying, well, you know, that's probably beyond the Oilers' budget. And I think we were all saying Ken Holland has to, there has to be some point there where Holland draws a line in the sand and says this and no much, no more for term or dollars or the combination of the two. But four times four is pretty bloody underwhelming to be that figure. So there's there's more to it, and the more to it doesn't look great on uh, on Edmonton. I'll read one back to you now. This is Boston hockey writer Joe Haggerty, Hacks with Hags, who uh, often has uh, controversial opinions about other teams than Boston. Uh, he says, wasn't a big part of the Edmonton sell job on the Duncan Keith trade that he was going to form this top pairing with Adam Larson. Now he's signing with Seattle. Oilers looking one step behind at every turn right now. They are, Bruce. This is from Oiler fans, Troy, at Heavy Oil Country. Whether we are willing to admit it or not, Larson probably felt underappreciated here by the fan base since day one because we really did underappreciate him. How do you not go 4.5 million times four for Larson? And I don't know, Bruce, like if, if that had an impact. It is true that he was, there was some blowback because uh, of the Taylor Hall trade from day one with this player where some people judged him harshly. But by and large, I think fans, especially, you know, the first year he played very well in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. The Oilers got to the sec- got to the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, most Oilers fans at that point thought the Oilers got a win out of that trade. So, they're, yeah, and, and I don't think Adam Larson was on Twitter a whole lot where, you know, you, you'll see more of the negative stuff. Maybe I didn't he heard see it. that much negative, Dave. Maybe I mean, well, it was Chirelli. It was Chirelli that took the took the heavy heat for that, and who deserved it? I mean, I think yeah. a lot of people were able to separate the player from the trade well, that brought him here. We're talking about underappreciation, so there was kind of like, I, and I think that's a fair comment that 
that uh, there was a reluctance from some to admit, hey, this is a really good hockey player here. And the owners are lucky to have him. You know, just kind of normal things you might think about a player because because it's with the backdrop of that trade. Was he underappreciated in the last year? I think as he played very well this year, like at, at the start of the year, yeah, there was fans all over him because he had a, you know, a rough start, um, as as will happen in Edmonton. But this year, I think he, I think there was lots of praise for Adam Larson. I mean, <laughs> if you ever listen to the Cult of Hockey podcast, he, he would have heard it. We were, <laughs> I, you know, every second game, usually me, but off, uh, is you as well would pick him as one of the good things in the game. Because he was. He was just so damn good all year long, shutting down top attacking wingers. Bruce, the, the ability to shut down that kind of player, it's, listen, I hope Ethan Bear can be, can hang in there. But I, I haven't seen that in Ethan Bear, if I'm honestly. And Tyson Barry, come on. He is not a shutdown demon when it comes to these or players. Thing, Who are they going to play on the right side? I mean, they traded away... Jeff Petrie years ago, you know, who, who obviously can do that role. Now they've lost Larson. It's just like, it, it is, it's a, it is a mess. So how, how are they going to, like, I guess you can try to have a track meet, right? Where um, in the regular season, you just try to outscore, outscore, outscore with Barry, Larson and Bear. And maybe that'll work in the regular season. It's hard to imagine this working in the playoffs. Uh where they don't call anything and they hook and hold. And uh, Here's from hockey analytics writer Patrick Bacon at Top Down Hockey. To me, Edmonton letting Larson walk is sort of like St. Louis Peter Angelo, where it might be the right move, but it's impossible to praise because of where the freed up money was spent. And unlike Peter Angelo, this is a move where I'd, I'd say bite the bullet and sign the aging D. So he, I guess he's referring to where the money was spent was on Duncan Keith. And it's, it is kind of hard <clears throat> to separate those two moves, Bruce. I mean, a month ago we were hearing Larson deal, sure thing, sure thing. And what happened? Did they, did they call Larson up and say, we're going to bring in Keith? You know, can we just, will you just wait? We're going to hold off on finalizing the deal uh, until after the you know and are are you good with that and maybe he sucked it up and said oh okay i'm good i'll 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 I'll, i'm okay or who knows what happened right we don't know but it just it just this is the unanswered question right now is what changed in the last month and you know as we heard mark Spector, and he made a good point about these things mark as of yesterday was predicting the owners would still sign adam larson yep but both he and Bob Stoffer were saying, um, you never know until the, right. until the name's on the dotted line, you never know. Mm-hmm. And Mark Spector brought up, anyone who's bought a house knows this, right? Till the yep. deal's done. Like, so, right. so in our own lives, we all have a transaction, which is, we can relate to like, mm-hmm. and I can tell you, yeah, it, it, that one really hit home for me. I, there was, we, we were, we had placed an offer on a house once it had been accepted and then suddenly they took a different offer and there's nothing you can do, right? It's cause it's kind of, well, you could, you know, if you want to somehow pursue this in court or some crazy thing like that, but this is true. Like until the name is on the dotted line, you don't have that name. You don't, but so what went wrong though? Because the money is the same. The term is the same. Everything seems to be the same. And yet we went from 
real close certainty to signing this player to him leaving not over money or term. So what yeah. happened? Yeah, that's a very that's a very good question. Uh, whether he didn't like the direction of the team, um, you know, last I saw of Larson, he was enjoying a vacation with Leon Drysaddle, and I thought, oh, those guys look tight. This is a you know, we got a solid core group here, and so here's uh, Paul Almeida uh, at Azarkan Global, uh, a longtime uh, Oilers fan and pundit, and. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, if the Oilers sign Barry to a multi-year deal, I can't see Bear here very long, just my opinion. Because he clearly doesn't like the BBB combination. And if if uh, Barry is here and Bouchard is here, they need somebody that's very different from them as the, sort of the third regular right-shot defenseman. And Paul goes on that... Uh, he quotes Darren Drager, who's saying Oilers will re-engage with Tyson Berry. There's been preliminary discussion and expected to intensify with Larson leaving. Term is going to be the sticking point to, for Barry. Don't think the oil want to go five years. Does four times five million get it done? And Paul's uh, quote, he says, yep, the Oilers are signing Barry. Don't mind him, but he doesn't replace Larson's physicality, which is a no kidding larson had 166 hits last year and the other three guys combined had 68 like <laughs> so here's here here listen if the owners go in let's put it this way if the owners go in next year with barry bouchard and uh bear is with mm-hmm. the freebie option there's been years when we've had worse right shot d-man right there was in the throughout oh, the years, decade of darkness three. <laughs> throughout the decade of darkness Never came close to having three right shot D man as good as that group of three players. So this isn't a this isn't an unmitigated disaster. This isn't obviously not good, but those three players are all NHL players. They're all puck movers. They're all good players. They're just the the, the issue is they're all too similar. Right. So could you? And the problem is to to move to to get a different kind of player. And you'd have to trade trade one of those guys. You'd have to give up an asset. Of course, Barry is is free. You just contract in term, and you'd have to make a trade. So, could you would you trade like Ethan? Could you trade Ethan Bear or Evan Bouchard for an Adam Larson type player? Would be the question. Or Tyson Bear? Like I don't see Tyson Bear signing here and then getting traded. So, so it would be Bear or Bouchard, and and most likely Bear that would get traded for more of a shutdown D man. Now, in defense of Ethan Bear. Two years ago, the season he had with with Darnell Nurse was pretty promising in terms of him looking like he might round into form as a top four D man. So maybe between maybe we're going to see it's possible we could see a massive. I think Ethan Bear took a step back personally. I don't care what his shot metrics said last year. I don't buy that. He took a step back. He in terms of consistency <laughs> at least, Bruce. There was periods in the year where he looked really good, but there was also periods where he looked really iffy including some plays in the playoffs. But maybe he takes a step up this year, steps into the void. He's a young veteran. If it's going to happen, if he's going to be a real top four D-man in the NHL, this would be a heck of a year for it to happen. And it, it could well happen in terms of the you know expected developmental curve of an NHL player. We could see Ethan Bear step up and be, be the Oilers shut down D-man, play solid defense. Now, is that a, is that a great bet? No, but it could happen. And then you have Evan Bouchard. Listen, he's mm-hmm. he was 
he's a very talented hockey player. And, um, you know, so the owners aren't exactly bereft on the right side now. And could those three players get it done? It doesn't feel like the right mix, but they're already good players. Right. Yeah. Well, moving on from Ethan Bear, as Paul suggests might be imminent, uh, would be uh, another step away from what Bob Stoffer said about growing and developing guys within the team and going back to the shiny object on the on the free agent market. I mean, the better play maybe is to not sign Tyson Berry and go go hard after uh, uh, someone different. Go after Dougie Hamilton. You know, go big or go home. You know, I mean, that's that's one uh, uh, one uh, thing that's uh, that's uh, that. they've got to pursue not don't go after zach hyman throw that kind of money and and turn plus at dougie hamilton i would much mm-hmm. rather see them do that i think dougie hamilton's a much better bet than zach hyman over the next five or six years um yeah that would be a plan too bruce i mean so i i think if you're the oilers right now you gotta the, bob's message is correct this is what you have to double down on so the idea of trading ethan bear you know, you just you just you just got rid of Caleb Jones. You know, you just went against oh, the grain wow. on Caleb Jones. You gave up on him, and you're going to give up on Ethan Ethan Bear. No, I trading him doesn't strike me as the as Plan A either. It's it's like double down on Baron Bouchard, and think who you're think hard about who you're going to match with them, mm-hmm. and don't lock into Tyson Berry probably long term because he's too similar. What were you saying? Oh, wow, about. Oh, so, um, things happening quickly as insiders continue to break news. Price and Tarasenko not selected by Kraken. Jared yeah. McCrack, Jaron McCann, Brandon Tanev, Yanni Gord, Adam Larson, and Jamie Alexiak as uh, UFAs. And Taylor Hall sounds like he's going to resign with Boston, according to Frank Saravalli and others, four times $6 million on the same day that um, Larson signs four times $4 million. And our friend uh, RCN from Calgary, uh, very, very good sharp account, pipes up. They signed four years on the same day, one at six and one at four. Who won the trade? And, yeah. This is what this, today it was one for none for the Oilers. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Not a happy moment, Bruce. No, uh, no, moment. it's depressing. And you've heard me talk many times on this podcast about how, as an old goalie, I love the greasy defensemen that that uh, make marauding opposing forwards pay for their transgressions. And I, I, you know, I was a big fan of Adam Larson for just that reason that he was, you know, just rough and 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 rugged and and you know, he wasn't like he wasn't an, I, 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 I'll, I'll make the same distinction again. He wasn't a dirty player in the sense that he was a guy who took to, you know, take advantage of opponents in vulnerable positions. He just took them out. And he reminded me so much of Jason Smith. And I was fairly disconsolate the day Jason Smith left t- town with two bad shoulders. And I'm kind of feeling the same uh, sort of morose man. This is... Uh, you know, big weaknesses on the team, plus, you know, one of my 
personal favorites gone, and I think they'll be a little bit less fun to watch without him, even as he's not a headline maker. I mean, he's like, you talk about underappreciated. He's like a great offensive lineman, you know, in football. Or yeah, you know, the right tackle. The guy, yeah, the right tackle. And he can be the best right tackle in the league, but he's not going to score you many touchdowns, you know, and, and he's, he's just – what, what what he prevents is far more important than <clears throat> than than what he proactively accomplishes. But uh, you got to have a good right tackle, or your <laughs> left tackle, or you're you're in trouble. And uh, the Oilers are in trouble as of uh, now more than they were going into this process. This is a, this is a real kick in the well. We'll say gut, like your headline. <laughs> so the uh, yeah. <laughs> The uh, the the Kraken of I hate the Kraken by the way the Kraken I, I um, no so do I, I hate the Kraken they took you know some Oilers fans were thinking oh the Oilers maybe can get Dylan Demello but the Oilers, the Kraken didn't take Demello he's not a trade chip they're going to take Mason Appleton and so and Winnipeg's not Is that what you're up. reading now yeah Winnipeg's not going to give up on uh, yeah. on uh, Dylan Demello like they're they're thinking mm-hmm. oh dodge that bullet we got Dylan Demello still and uh, at least yeah. and um, there's no way he's popping free, but you know, Dylan. That's a, that's a good example, Bruce, of what you might hope Ethan Bear. Like if Ethan Bear was to develop into a player, Dylan DeMello was a strong shutdown yeah. D-man against the Oilers oh, last year. Oh, he's a fine player, D- Dylan so, DeMello. So you know, him. you don't have to be huge to get that job yeah. done. I mean, Josh Morrissey's not a huge player. He was a strong. He's a strong shutdown D-man. So you don't have to be huge and big, and players can develop into it. Maybe Ethan Bear can do it. I mean, I think that's probably what they're hoping, is that Ethan Bear steps up and develops into the replacement for Adam Larson. What are the what are the odds of that happening? Um, I don't know. I don't. You know, it's is it a coin flip that that could happen for next season? Probably that's about right. That that you'll get maybe not quite that good. Uh, in terms of not as being as, as good as Larson. You know, that said, there was times last year where Bear did really get did really get the job done. And the previous year, you know, he it's a lot riding on him right now, as far as I can mm-hmm. see. And, you know, I do think Evan Bouchard's going to step up and uh, be a useful player. So, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> any more comments let's look at a oiler fan shelly sikorsky at ray shelly i just woke up but i'm already going back to bed <laughs> i can't believe we lost larson <laughs> oh god we were up of course we, we haven't talked we were you and i were up to like 2 30 last night we were having problems posting a story that you were working on there was some technical issues about adam larson about adam larson not that it had a short shelf life or anything david no <laughs> so we were up late and then you i i was we were up to like 2 30 i i was still asleep when you called me at 8 30 and uh to tell me about this larson thing so what a thing to wake up to oh god yeah you know, I was hopeful yesterday because it got to like it got to like 10 p.m. last night, Bruce. Because mm-hmm. I was worried about this in the back, you know, background worry like this could happen. And then I I wasn't hearing it right. I wasn't hearing any any room. There wasn't even a rumor of this. No one rumored this. And I'm thinking, okay, 
this is not we're gonna we're gonna survive this like he's not gonna go to the crack and that's a really good sign spec saying he's gonna sign in oilers you know specs connected uh i was you know finger i had my fingers crossed i was still pretty optimistic about it all and then to wake up to that oh god Here, here's oilers fan mo one of my favorite twitter follows at mo underscore edmn and yeah. he says Ken Holland is playing chess. Yes, he is against Gary Kasparov. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, a wicked that's sense funny. of humor. What is, it? Also, what is this? Uh, is that at Mo at Mo ninety nine Mo okay. underscore edmn. Okay, let me just uh, search that. I'm going to add oh, that yeah. to my story. Yeah, he's on. He's on oh, the that's list really, list for me. If he, he's, that's uh, really funny. He's sharp and funny and at uh, underscore EDM EDMN EDMN. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Oh God. Oh, anyway, retweet. that's I'll retweet that. That's a mm-hmm. yeah. He's that's a, a, that's a gooder. So anyway, yeah, they've done Seattle. I mean, if they got Appleton, okay, they got sounds like they got Tanev. They got um, uh, they got uh, Yanni Gord. Um, this is going to be a tough team to play against. Adam Larson, Jamie Oleksiak. They got Jamie Oleksiak, the famous. Apparently, they're signing him as an unrestricted free agent, just as they're doing with uh, with um, uh, yeah. So, and before we go, which I have to do very soon, because I'm due on the air with Low Tide here in a few minutes, yeah. and you're on with Bob Stauffer a little later today. This is a yeah. media day for the cult of hockey. Uh, stories that Mike Smith is coming back to a two-year contract, and they're starting to spring up all over the place, which, of course, no signings can be done for another 28 hours or so. But uh, if that's Ken Holland's reply to losing Larson, well, at least we got Mike Smith back. Well, Mike Smith is going to have to be even better than he was last year to uh, play behind this defense. Yeah, and that's, of course, this news is not being greeted well in Edmonton with Mike Smith. I mean, one of the things we, we, we hear repeatedly from the insiders like Stoffer and Speck is it's not easy to convince players to come to Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And I think, and most of us, I have a tendency now and then to brush that off and some, some fans completely just brush it off. Like it's all like we can get whoever we want. We can get Dougie Hamilton. We can get Gabriel Landeskog, you know, we're in on this. Like, so, so let's, this is part of the equation here. here, I think Bruce is Edmonton doesn't have palm trees. Cal Nichols said it to me years ago. You know, we don't have palm trees and it's a big deal. Um, and uh, Mike Smith's contract, people will freak out about two years. Well, maybe this is part of the reality of Edmonton. Um, who are you going to get? Who Who are you going to get if you can't get Mike Smith? Is it as easy as you think? I mean, the orders, we were, the other thing, the other news was everyone, you know, one of the rumors was orders are going to be in on Chris Dreger. Mm-hmm. Chris Dreger's now he, a Kraken. He might see that, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's this is you know in terms of when when you factor in all of these signings oh. and all of these different trades, you have to think 
okay, who could they, who could, what was the alternative? And we don't often know what the alternatives were. So with Mike Smith, I, I was, I'm real good with Mike Smith on a one-year deal. Two years, uh, you know, at his age, that's more of a stretch. It's probably not going to be for killer money. Um, so if the plan is that he is your backup goalie or your 1B goalie and you bring mm-hmm. in someone else still, this yeah. can still work. I don't mind. Personally, I don't mind Smith on two years as long as the plan is that because because even if you have to bury him, Bruce, bury the contract for a year mm-hmm. and and for the second year, you have a different backup. But I'm mm-hmm. OK with Smith on the team next year. So well, I guess he's going to be anyway. Uh, Seattle's got a, a very strong start. Uh, you know, I like the players they've targeted. Uh, and I think uh, uh, as of this moment, and, uh, uh, let me revise this uh, after we get the full list tonight. I'm installing them as second favorite in the Pacific Division behind their expansion brethren, Vegas Golden Knights, as the top two teams in the division against six established NHL squads. Goes to say how how good is the expansion process for the newcomers now, but it also speaks volumes about uh, uh, the failures of teams that have been around for a long time. Huh. Well, Dallas is hurting as much as we are. Alexiak oh, is as yeah. strongly oh. shut down to Eman as Larson, I think, right now. And uh, maybe even a better bet in the in coming years because he's I, I don't think he's had injury issues and he's a great big guy uh, who can skate. And um, that, hurts, that hurts Dallas. Unfortunately, Dallas isn't in the owner's division. But... Um, yeah, Seattle. Just imagine going up against Alexiak Larson shutdown pairing. I mean, that, that's what I was hoping the Oilers yeah. shutdown pairing would be in my dreams. That's what it was going to be this coming year, and it is. It's just in Seattle. Right. Bruce, let's leave it there. You got to go. So yeah, I do. Got more morning to do on a different channel now. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.